surrender. And Raphael told me about more than a month ago, he's like, I think God is talking about speaking and surrender. And then Jennifer covered one week that we were not going to be here, and she was willing to preach. Her message was, in there, it was the surrendering, helping Moses, right, with the hands, lifting up. I always love when we praise God, and I didn't hear your message the first time, but this, when we pray God, is like, I don't have any other way to go but you. Amen? That's a way to surrender. But today, I'm going to maybe bring a little bit different. I want to share with you how to live a life that is surrendered to God. It's a challenge, I'm telling you. It's a challenge. It's easy when we say, oh, yeah, surrender. We sang, we live a life. You know, we, we live every day for God. But raise your hand, honestly, if you live your life every single day, 100% to God. Wholeheartedly to God. All of you to God. We don't. We don't. And God, I was, um, I told Raphael, I hope that this message is not an ouch, but more than an encouragement to you to have a change in your mind, to renew your mind and say, this is what God is asking me to do. We, are, we have been talking for months that we are in a time of transition, change. And sometimes when we go through that, God changes us. Not just the environment, not just the pastor, not just the leadership, not the ministry, but change us, our heart. He gave us a new vision. He had other plans for us. But we need to be prepared for that change in our hearts. Amen? So I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles, Old Testament, and the book of Habakkuk. That's an Old Testament minor prophet. Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk is a prophet, and in chapter 3, he's praying. And at the beginning, he says, Oh Lord, I have heard your speech, and I was afraid. Oh Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. And then he goes on and talking about how God has a wrath over what is happening at that time. And he's recognizing all these wrong things are happening. But if you go to verse 17, he changed. He's not ignoring that bad things are happening. He's not ignoring that God is bringing something to the people because of their behavior. But he say, even in verse 16, he says, When I hear, my body tremble. My lips quiver at the voice. Rottenness enter my bones, and I tremble in myself. But then in chapter, uh, verse 17, he changed his mind. He doesn't ignore what's happening, but he has these thoughts, and he said, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the field deal no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fall, and there not be heard in the stall, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Amen? He's not ignoring problems, situations, struggles, drama, whatever you want to call it. He is recognizing all of this is happening, but still I will trust God in the midst of all of this. 
Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. How we can have joy when we see all these things happening to us? How we can say, yeah, no matter, like, I love my job, no matter I have this person who is sick, no matter I'm struggling, no matter I have problem with my husband or my wife, my kids are doing the, no matter what, yet I will rejoice in the Lord of my salvation. It's hard. It's easy to read the Bible, but, but to live it, it's hard. And you are going to say, like, what this has to do with surrendering? You will get it at the end. <laughs> so you have to pay attention. But it is hard. So stay with that thought. Surrender, the word comes to, what do you, uh, comes to your mind when you word the hear surrender? When I hear the voice surrender, the, like when Raphael said to me, surrender, most of the time it's like a negative, right? Oh, I have to give up something. Like, oh, I have to let go. So I want to tell you a story of surrender that stuck with me since we were little. We were a big family. Um, we were camping two, three weeks together. My dad and his fam uh, siblings will take vacation the same time, three weeks, and we will go camping. We have cousins that were girls, cousins that were boys. Most of the family, they are in the military, on the, arm, on the Army, Navy, or the Air Force. So they were very structured. So even when we were on vacation, we have routines. And it was like 8 o'clock, somebody will pretend to blow a trumpet, and it was time to get up, and we have to get up. It wasn't like, oh, vacation time, and, like, and they have the they plan for us and stuff. So one of the things that we learned during summer, it was that we all have to do chores, because mom and dad, they work all year, so they have to rest too, right? So the boys versus the girls, we have games. And whoever lost, we're going to do the details, or we're going to prepare breakfast next day, stuff like that. So one day, we were trying to figure out who was going to do breakfast next morning. And we played hide and seek as a team, the boys versus the girls. But the boys, one of them, one of my cousins, he's not very good with patience. So we couldn't find them. And he just came out of the hiding place that they have. And he came with a little white, white like a handkerchief or something. And he was like, we are here, we are here. Obviously, my other cousin and my brothers were not happy about it because that means that they will have to do breakfast next morning. Thank you so much. They were going to have breakfast next morning. But he was so proud that he got his little white thing. For him, it was like, we are done with this game. For the rest of the team, it was like, tomorrow morning, we have to do breakfast. And we were like, yay, celebrating, we don't have to do that. But that's what it is. The white flag in the military, what white flag means? Give up, right? And that give up is like a lot of power. Spiritually, I look in the um, dictionary, to surrender in a spiritual context means that the believer completely gives up his own will and subject his thoughts, ideas, desire to the will of God. In other contexts, like a military, it's the meaning is the willful acceptance and yielding to a dominating force and their will. So if you are in the army and they surrender, they have a loss, they lost, right? 
and it has a lot of consequences. For us, surrendering has more benefits than loss because we are surrendering to God. Amen? For us who call themselves Christian, surrender is literally giving up control to him. And a lot of people, and I have in the past too, no anymore because I learned the hard way, it's hard to give control of our lives. Amen? It's hard. We want to know what's happening. We want to know what is going to happen tomorrow. We, how many of you are a planner? What happened if one on your day go off? You were like, oh, what am I going to do now? Oh, right? Because we are used to have certain control. But when we give our spiritual life and our own to God, he's the one taking over. It's telling God we are not big enough to deal with our own worries, struggles, pain, and he must take over. When you came and I came to salvation, one of the things, usually the, the pastor or the evangelist or somebody who leading you to Jesus, they say you are giving your life to God. You are living, you're giving your life to Jesus, right? Do you remember those days, that day, specific day? You probably remember where you were. Maybe you say you remember your feelings. And you are so excited that you kind of like, huh? What that means that I'm surrendering my life to Jesus? I'm giving up my life. Giving our life, surrendering that moment to him is special because we are saying, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. And the benefit is that we are going to be in heaven and we are going to live eternity with him. Amen? Now, the Lord part is harder. It's easy to say, he's my Savior and my Lord. When we talk about Lord, means that he's over us, that we need to submit to him to submit. Do you have boss, bosses at work, right? And you have to do what the boss says, right? Most of the time, not everybody agrees with the, what the boss or the decisions or the regulations and anything. But we have to follow that, right? With Jesus, we came voluntarily to him and he saved us and he became our Lord. But becoming our Lord means that we are his servant. It means that we are under his authority. We, it means that we are going to give our life, our everything to him. Sometimes when we walk with Jesus, oh, it's a process, right? Nobody got saved and we are perfect because we are not perfect. We are not perfect. Can you say Amen. We are not, honey, I'm not perfect. <laughs> we are not. <laughs> he knows he know it by now. <laughs> I'm not perfect. But we, we must recognize that in this walk with Jesus, we cannot do it all. We don't have the strength. We don't have the power to overcome life. We can. That's why we need the Holy Spirit in us. We need that. Sometimes as Christian, we focus on the good things, the prayers that are answered, the congregation together, the fellowship, the fun, um, the reading the Bible, memorizing God's promises, all the things. But when we get to the point of, oh, yeah, I have to surrender my life to God, it's different. Right? 
it's hard. It's not easy because you are giving up your own will to him. Surrendering to God enables us, enable us, enable us <laughs> to become the person that God intended you to be. Did you get that? When you surrender to God, like totally surrender to God, you are allowing God to change you to be the person that he wants you to be. See, when we say, yeah, God, I'm here, but I'm going to give you 80% today. Other 20, don't touch it. That's mine. That's my stuff. I'm going to deal with it. God cannot use you with the, in the way that he wants to use you because you are taking some stuff away that he can control. Amen? Can you imagine what would happen if you get up in the morning today and say, yes, God, yes, Jesus, I'm totally surrendered to you today. What will happen with your relationship if you are totally, 100% surrendered to God? How will your life change? How your worship will change? How are your relationship at home, your giving, your serving, your work? How that will change you? Sometimes it's scary because, again, you don't know what God can do with your life. What if he asked me to do something that I don't want to? What if he asked me to go and be nice to the neighbor that he really meant to me? What if he's asking me to go the extra mile for somebody that I feel I don't deserve, he don't deserve it? And that made me think about Jonah. <laughs> God asked Jonah, we know this story, right? God asked Jonah to go to Nineveh. And he felt like they don't deserve to be safe. He's making his own idea there. And God is saying, I want you to go there. And we know what happened. He goes and he buys a ticket to go to a different town because he's not following what God is asking him to do. And I'm thinking like, God is talking to Jonah, to Jonah be used by God. And Jonah said like, no, God got it wrong. Those people don't deserve it. Then we know that the people in the boat throw him in the water. Then he go in the big fish, right in the belly. When he's there, scared, what is going to happen? Then he remembered, oh, yeah, I can pray. God, he prayed, and the Bible said that God intentionally, when he said, when they throw him in the ocean, the Bible said that God intentionally sent a big fish. Even there, God protected him of dying in the ocean. He go in the big fish, he prayed to God, the fish beat him out, and then he said, okay, now I'm going to go. How many times we are Jonah? <laughs> How many times we are like Jonah? Yeah. Not the way that God wanted. Like, I think it will be better in this way. I think it will be better like this is the way that, you know, we always do it. This is the way that I always have known how to do it. Why I need to change? Right? But God knows what is better for each one of us. Even when we think like, when people say like, I know myself better. No, we don't. No, we don't. We think we know. I remember. <laughs> I don't want to throw my kids here, but <laughs> when they are like 15, 16, they think they know it all, right? When they're 18, and like, mom, you don't have a clue. When they're 21, same thing. They're like, I'm a big, uh, what is it? I'm an independent adult, but can you transfer me some money? <laughs> they're like, no, you are not, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, 
They think they know, but they don't. The only one, thank you, Nico. <laughs> the only one who really knows us, not even our spouse, is God. He's the only one. He knows our thoughts, our you know, idea, our vision, our future. We can make plans, but God knows better. But to get to that point, we need to surrender to him and say, here I am. And it's hard, I'm telling you, it's not easy. I learn in the hard way. Romans 8, 28, this is a very known verse. He said, and we know, this is the Amplified Bible version, it says, and we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. All things work together for good. So even when we think, like God, like God, this is not going to work. Like because we make assumptions, we have expectation, and we're like, this is not going to look good. But God, the Bible said that God will make it work for good for us, but for those who love Him, and love means surrendering, means that you are giving up to Him. God knows that we are not perfect. And we will never be perfect in this earth. And God, this is the other part that we think we cannot give everything to God because we are too much. We have too much stuff, too much trauma. God, do you remember my past? Do you know why all the things? I have this problem with anger. I have this problem with I cannot deal with people who do this. God, I have my own issues. He knows it all already. We are kind of reminding him whatever he already knows. And he's still saying, come to me. He's still saying, come to me, I'm here. Give me your all. Give me your past. Give me your trust issue. Give me your insecurity. Give me your fear. Give me your worry. Give me everything that you cannot control. Give it to me. Amen? If I go to Raphael and say, listen, Raphael, I have all this and I get out. A link. You know, like when you go to CVS and you print the coupons and they're like really long, <laughs> like that. Raphael, these are all my issues. What can you do? He's going to be like, what? He will not be able to like, maybe he will say, okay, let's pray. <laughs> because I cannot help you, right? We can. But God is loving us. God is accepting us. He already did that for us. With all those issues that we cannot control, He's the only one, but you need to give it to him. You cannot keep taking that with you. When you say, God, I give it to you, let it go. Let it go. Don't take it back. When you take it back and you are saying, yes, I trust you but today because I'm at church. What about tomorrow morning, Monday? We are all amen and praise God and hallelujah on Sunday morning. What about Monday morning? What about Wednesday? Friday. We make it to Sunday, right? When we are surrendered to him, we can do that every single day. Even in our struggle, even in our weakness, when we are surrendered, he with open arms, come to me. Come to me. Amen? Um, why do we hold back stuff? Why are we afraid? Why we think that he cannot deal with that? In the Bible, this is what I tell Raphael. A lot. <laughs> you say, there is no way 
There is no Bible verse in the Bible that says that we were not going to have problems as a Christian. There is not. And if you look from Genesis to Revelation, a lot of the people who were used by God, they really have a lot of problems. They struggled. They were um, mistreated. They, the disciples all died in different ways. And they were serving with Jesus. So why we think we will not have that kind of situation? What I make us feel that we are better? Right? The Bible says in John 16, 33, this is Jesus saying, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. It's not about us, it's about Jesus. He overcome the world already. We just need to have peace. Habakkuk say that no matter what, this is my paraphrasing, no matter what, the grapes were not given fruit. The grapes take three years to start giving fruit. They say there is not animals. There was nothing. He was not seeing fruit of anything. Have you been in that place when you, you are looking around in your life and you see like nothing is going well? Nothing is going like whatever I think is going to go good, it doesn't. Or you have curveballs. No, no, you're in baseball. <laughs> I learned what curveballs are in life. You will think everything is going to go and then you see the curveball coming and like, oh, we didn't expect that. I didn't see that coming. Right? Habakkuk said, no matter what, I will rejoice in the Lord of my salvation. The only way that you can say that, no matter what, I will still rejoice in the Lord. I will still worship him. I will still pray. I will still seek him. And when your life is surrendered to God. Because if not, you are on your own. You are on your own. And then you struggle. And they're like, why is this not happening? Why my God is not answering my prayer? Why? God has a plan and a purpose. When you picture your life under God's authority, you will understand that every little thing that happened in your life is because God allows it. Even when you are going to work, I have learned this, and you get stuck. I plan it. I, like, I have 15, 20 minutes extra every morning when I have to go to Wallingford or uh, what is the other one? Um, Meriden. I put my time, but I get to actually 35 here, 34, and I like 15 minutes that I know that I'm going to be there. Now I know. <laughs> At the beginning, we're like, what? The thing is, even at those moments, you don't know what God could have prevented something happen to you. You don't know. You know the story somebody posted a long time ago on Facebook. They interviewed people who didn't die at the Twin Towers when it was the attacks. And where things like my alarm clock didn't go on and I overslept. I have to bring my kid to school because my wife couldn't, so I not usually don't do it, but I have to do it that day. He was safe. We don't know. Our lives need to be in God's hands every single day. Every single day. Surrender to him with all our, to, with our own, mean giving, those, giving up those areas that we think that we have control, but we don't. 
We use the moments to mold us, to become more like him, and to become more like the person that he wants us to be. The plans that he has for us are bigger than we can expect. Amen? Um, when Raphael talked about, you know, if I could share the message, I was like, I like to share something that I have experienced, so I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> because you can get a lot of knowledge to read the Bible, you know, you are God, pray, but when you have lived something, you know that is true. Amen? If you have been healed, you can go to somebody and say, like, you know what, I was sick, and they prayed for me, and God healed me. It's different. And surrendering, we have, as a family, surrendered something, like, you know, the, the, probably the most fresh surrender was that when God, we pray, and God said, you know, yeah, go to Connecticut. We left everything. Job, the family, the boys, like, for me, that one, like, never. <laughs> I will never leave my boys. <laughs> like, I knew that they were going to grow and get a life, get a wife and move, and I, they were going to come to my house and visit me. It didn't go in that way. We were the ones who left. They stayed there. So when I was sharing with Elise the other day, I always wanted a girl. Always wanted a girl. Since I was little, I had my dolls, and I played my doll. I was going to be a mama, all the things. God gave me three boys. And I had dreamed with the three that they were going to be boys. So I didn't have any argument <laughs> to say, God, like, hey, you said it was going to be a girl, and I now I got a boy. He showed me the three of them in dream that they were boys. So I knew. And then they always tease me, like, Mom, you can wait until you have a Grandchild, grandchildren, you are going to have a, a daughter, a granddaughter there. We will go to Carter's, like if you go to the mall and you go to Carter's or J.C. Penny area, we will walk and they will go to the boys' stuff to get like chirpins and I will go to the girl to see the dresses and the headbands, all this thing. Like, I think I was just kind of traumatizing them. <laughs> I wanted really a girl. So we told them last, when we started, you know, conversation with Pastor Brad and Kristen, and we told the kids, you know, got it leading us in this direction and stuff. And then our oldest son came and he said, we are expecting. And we were like, yeah, celebrate it. This came true. And then he, we already, we're like already advancing in this, coming to Connecticut. And he sent me a message and said, mom, it's a girl. And I was like, really, God? Like, I was like, but then I remember many, many, many years, 1987, I told God, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. Whatever you want me to go, I will go. But listen, in my mind, it was no more than half an hour from my parents. <laughs> oh no, I say that. There was somebody who came to preach at the youth group, and he made an altar call and talked about surrendering. And I say, yeah, God. I am ready to whatever you want me to do, I will do it. Whatever you want me to go, I will go. If you want me to do this, I will do it. When you say something to God, be aware, he will remember. <laughs> he will remember. And here I am, 20-something <laughs> years after, I left everything to fulfill what God had for me. Amen? And then I have now, like, I always wanted a girl, and my son is having a baby, and it's a girl. I'm not, not even going to be there. 
and we are far, so he cannot even like drop the baby at the house because I have to do this. And like, but I got to this place with God when I know that he knows better. He knows why it wasn't the time for me to have a girl. Why it wasn't for me the time to be living in Greenfield when they're going to have a baby. That's why when you know, I accept that God has better plans for me and he knows better what it is for us. It's not easy because I go to shop baby girl stuff and then I have, it, I have to keep it here until I can go back. One day, this is the second one, and it was really painful for me. I, we have three boys, I have said it. And when they were, two of them, they were already teenagers. I got to the point, I don't know if you other parents have been in that place where I was like, I'm so done with it. Parenting is so hard. We pray for them. We did family night service in the house. We pray with them. We pray for them. All the right things. All the right things. They cannot say that we didn't do that with them. They cannot say that we told them about Jesus. They cannot say, you never took me to church. We are clear. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I feel I'm clear. We did everything. It was their choice, right? But when they are living with you, and you want to keep your home as a Christian home, and they are not living, it's really hard to parent them because they are trying to do their own things. And they have friends who are not Christians. So it's hard. They're like, everybody's doing it. This is our home. It was hard. I was working and I have to, for that, I was driving like 40 minutes to, to, the, to the job that day. And I'm 7 o'clock, like 6.30 in the morning I was driving. And I couldn't. I hear a song, a worship song, and I just start crying and crying. And I was like, and, I, and when I read, like, I look and my eyes were red because so much crying. And I say to God, I give up. This is what I say to him. I gave up. I got my little white flag and say, I cannot deal with this parenting. I can. I know that you gave us these children. We present them to you when they were little. I know that you have them in your hands. I cannot keep up with them. I can. It was hurting me. Trying to do in my own strength what I couldn't do. And I say to God, I give up. You need to take them. You do it. When you do whatever you need to do, you do it because I can. I don't know what to do. And God said to me, I, I heard the Holy Spirit saying to me, oh, because I say, I don't know what else I can do. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, love them the way that I love you. And that was more crying. <laughs> because a heart, nobody can love us like God loves us. Loving in that way means loving with compassion. Loving the way that they are, when, even when you don't want them to be in that way. Loving them with all their mistakes. Loving with all the choices that they make that you think are not good for them. But remember, they think they know better. So it was hard. But the freedom that I have after, it was just amazing. And after that, keep praying for them. I keep praying for them. I told them, well, listen, I don't agree with this. But I know that it's not my power to change them. 
But as a mom, you want to do that, right? You want to protect them. You think that you know better. But God took over, and I cannot be more thankful that he took over that. That was my surrender, my own kids. And he said, when you think about the Bible story, when um, it's Isaac, most, yeah, no, Abraham. Abraham went with the baby. And he had to bring the baby to sacrifice. And we are like, oh, I can never do that. For me, it was like, just say, like, God, I give up on my kid because I cannot do this. Because it's a power that I don't have. But God can do it, and the Holy Spirit, and you don't know this one, but yesterday, we went to Greenfield, and um, obviously, like, mom, there is nothing to eat. <laughs> so I took one of the kids shopping, and then he said, mom, I want to show you something. He's 18. And he started showing me all these posts in Instagram, and they're all Bible verses. And I was like, like, what is there? Are you looking for a tattoo? Are you like, I didn't know what he was showing me. And he was like, no. And he said, like, and I have some friends that they blocked me because I have been putting Bible verses. I, was more I wasn't shocked the friends, like, I don't care about that. I was like, you are putting it. He was showing me Bible verses from the Old Testament. And he said, like, I remember one time you were teaching about this one in Sunday school. And I was like, I want to say, yeah. I didn't. I have to keep it together. <laughs> but I know that God has them. Amen. I know, I don't know how it's going to be. I don't know how they're going to come back to him. I don't know how their life is going to turn. I know that when I gave up, he did this. God took over. And I didn't have to carry that in my heart anymore. And that's what we do. We carry things because we think that we cannot give it up to God. I want to encourage you. Whatever it is that you are holding on, give it up to God. Did you know that? Jesus, when he was in uh, Gethsemane, he knew that he's going to be detained, they're going to arrest him. He prayed and he said to God, If you're, I'm going to have it here because I don't want to. He said, Mark 14, 32, 36. They went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him. And he began to deeply distress and trouble. Jesus was deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. He's telling these three disciples, stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, Jesus fell to the ground and prayed that if possible the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. <laughs> Jesus, knowing that he came to this earth for a purpose. He left his throne for a purpose. Now he's here when he's going to be confronted with death. And he said that his sorrow in his distress. Have you been distressed? Have you been troubled? He felt the same that we feel sometimes. And then he go to God and say, No, my will, but your will be done. Jesus himself is telling his father, 
do what you need to do. So if Jesus, we say, we want to be like Jesus. Are we willing to say, God, your will, not mine? Are we willing to say, God, yes, take me through this water, take me through these problems because I know that your plans are better than my plans. Take me through this situation because I know that what is there is better than what I can see. <clears throat> I'm going to finish. So Jesus was demonstrating that surrender is not easy. There is another verse in Luke twenty-two forty-four says, And Jesus being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Can you imagine how much pain? He knew what he was going to, but he knew the reason why he needed to die. And the purpose of that, it was bigger than anything, bigger than his own desire to do his own thing. Are we willing to be like Jesus? Are we willing to say, God, here I am. I give it all to you. Here I am. Take everything. I'm not telling you your life is going to be perfect. You are going to be zero problems, no situation. No, it's not going to be like that. But what I can tell you is that the Holy Spirit is going to give you the strength to navigate those situations. I can tell you that God is going to help you to grow closer to him because you are going to feel the need to be praying more. You are going to feel the need to be interceding for others. You are going to feel the need to say like, God, I want more of you. That's what happens when you are surrounding. So, um, Abacook demonstrated that it, no matter what is happening around us or physically, he was still trusting in God. He didn't have any control over situations, but he chose to rejoice in the Lord. That's an act of surrender. First, we need to admit that we need to surrender. What do we have to surrender? Then we need to open our hearts to God. And the third one is that we need to be willing for God to take control. With what involves? Maybe that is going to involve that you will have to give up something that you don't want to. But I promise you, your life is going to be better. Because you are going to be listening, hearing a boy to what he wants for you. And now I'm going to finish with my little... <laughs> this one I thought, um, I think it was a like first grader, many years ago when I was a preschool teacher in Sunday school. And this is my way of surrendering, Okay. I told Raphael, and Raphael laughed when I told him years ago. So this is you when, before you came to Jesus, okay? So Ari drummed the heart for me. <laughs> so this is me, Claudia Hernandez. This is my heart, and it was full of me. Are you going to move it? <laughs> yeah. This is me. This is my heart, and my heart was full of Claudia Hernandez. You can put your initial there. And that was you before you came, and you say, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, right? When you accepted Jesus and you surrender your life, there is no more Claudia Hernandez here. It shouldn't be more. It's going to be here. What? Jesus, right? This was my lesson and the kid got it. So if you don't get it, <laughs> we will have a problem. There is no more about me. It's no more about me. It's about Jesus being the center in your heart. It being him taking control over your life and everything, your personal life, your job, your relationship, worship, serving, serving in community, serving at the church, your giving, everything God takes over. Is it challenging or is it an ouch? What do you think?
Mm. Something quiet me like, ouch. <laughs> so we are going to pray. And I'm going to invite you to the altar. For me, always the altar, it's a place of sacrifice, right? That's why the Bible represents the altar. It's a sacrifice place. We are not sacrificing animals or anything, right? Because that's why the people did in the Old Testament. They will bring animals to, to the altar to present an offering to God. But I want to invite you, even if you are not used to, take the step. Come to the altar and present yourself to him. And say, here I am. Just take it. Just take it. I'm telling you, your life, when you surrender in that way, your life will be changed. Not easy, but you will not walk alone. You really will not walk alone. Amen? Let's pray. Oh, dear God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your word, oh Lord, because it's a challenge. Lord, we are so used, so used to have our own way, Lord. We think that we know better. We are used to things that we, we are comfortable with that. It's our comfort zone. And sometimes you want us to take us out of that, Lord. You want us to enlarge our vision, Lord. You want us to enlarge our um, sight, but we need to give up things, Lord. So, Father, I pray that as I'm wrapping up, Lord, this message, Lord, my brothers and sisters, they can hear that you are talking to them. You are speaking to them, Lord, about surrendering. Help us, Lord, to live a surrendered life to you. Father, I pray that as we go tomorrow a new week, Lord, in our daily life, Lord, that we can surrender to you 100%. It's a process. It's not going to be immediately, Lord, but help us to trust you no matter what. Help us to walk with you no matter what. Help us to be um, taking risk. Sometimes, Lord, we feel like we are taking risk, but we are not because you are with us. And even if we fail, you are there to pick us up, Lord, and walk with us again. Father, I pray that my brothers and sisters, Lord, they can see this. Father, I pray for surrendering. Surrendering to you, Lord. Not surrendering to the culture, not surrendering to the routines, not to surrendering to um, people, what people think, but surrendering to you. Father, I pray that we can follow your voice, that we can be touched by your power, Lord. I know that you have plans for each one of us, Lord. And sometimes we limit what you can do in us because we are just keeping it together for our own and not being freely open to what you want us to do, Lord. Father, I, sometimes I, I, I think about like how it will be if each one of us who call themselves a Christian are fully living for you. What it will happen around now? What it will happen in our neighborhood? What it will happen in the community, in the school, with the kids? How family will be transformed and changed, Lord? But we need to be surrendered to you, Lord. Father, I pray as they, um, we are finishing today, Lord, that they can be motivated, Lord, to seek you more, to read your word more, to hear your voice, to be able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit talking to them, that it can be an encouraging word for them, oh Lord. Father, you are the only God, almighty and powerful God. Help us to rest in you, O oh Lord. Help us to give up our all, Lord, our worries and securities, fears, our trauma, Lord, our 
uh, all the things that we feel like we, we need to keep it together because we don't want to be open and honest. We can do it to you. We can bring it to you, Lord. You want the best for us, oh Lord. Help us to bring those things, Lord, to you. You are the only one who can take control over that. Help us to see you the way that uh, we, we have read in the Bible that you are. You are God, the only God. So help us to picture that in our mind when we are afraid. And remember, I can go to him. When we are afraid and we don't know what is going to happen, remember, I can go to him. He's more than enough. Father, I thank you for today, Lord, and I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.